We're gonna make some declarations tonight. We're decreeing and declaring some things in the spirit. The only thing in the world that's reliable is the word of God. Everything else is unreliable. That's why we declare this. Welcome to church. Welcome to the house of God. Ah, you guys are a good looking bunch of people, aren't you? Awesome. How about you stand to your feet, church? The kids are ready, ready to worship our God. So when we come into the house of God, we can lift our voices to Him and sing together. That's what we're going to do right now. We can clap our hands, we can dance, we can shout, we can move a little, we can wiggle, we can nod our head. Whatever to you is expressing your love for God this morning, I encourage you to do that. Yeah? Because that's what God wants. Yeah. He wants us to express our hearts to Him, um, not just through our mouth, but also through our body. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Yeah. So every part of us this morning, let's worship our God. This first song's fantastic because it talks about this is what I'm here for. So if you're not quite in the right headspace right now, You've like just got in the door and you're, oh my goodness, we've actually made it on time. High five to the person next to you. <laughs> then awesome. I understand those days. Or if the next person's going to be walking in and they feel like they've missed that first song, it's fine. 
You've come to a good place this morning, yeah? So our heart's desire this morning is to worship you, God. Our heart's desire this morning is to connect with you, God. Our heart's desire is to lift your name up on high and that whatever we have been journeying this week, you have been walking every single step with us. And we thank you, God, that as we fix our eyes on you this morning, oh God, that um, your heart, oh God, would be moved. As a little child looks to their parent and says, I love you and how much that mounts our heart, how much more does it mount yours when we tell you how much we love and adore you, Lord? So may our praise be a sweet sound to your ear and may it warm your heart this morning, in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. All right, let's have some fun. Woohoo!
Give me love. 
declare you are lifted higher than all other things this morning. It is our privilege to come before you and to praise and to worship you this morning. Be lifted up. Be glorified. Be magnified in this place, in our city, in the nation and in the nations, in Jesus' name. We welcome you here. Thank you that you are here with us by your Spirit. Thank you for your beautiful presence. Thank you that you love to meet every person. May our hearts be open to you today. Thank you for what you want to do in each and every life. Thank you for your presence. We love you, Lord. We love you. Thank you for your incredible love poured out for us. Unfailing, never-ending love. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Welcome to church. So good to gather together, isn't it? And have amazing, incredible music and worship together. It's so cool. Let's not ever take that for granted. We get to do this freely. So good. So good. Well, welcome. You may be seated. If you're here for the first time today at Activate, we give you a special welcome this morning. It is great to have you with us. If you haven't already picked up one of the guest bags, we've got some white guest bags at the back there for you as you leave. Also on your right-hand side in the foyer, if you go, there are some more there also. Hopefully, if you already got one, you would have had a coffee from that as well. So, but it'd be great if you can fill out the, the card inside and we'd love to get to know you a little bit more as well. So it's great to have you with us. Church, how about you welcome our guest this morning? It's great to have Micah and Sarah's family here too. A special welcome to you this morning. We've got a a, and friends, family and friends. We've got a, a baby dedication happening this morning, so that's fantastic, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, let's celebrate the, the birthdays and anniversaries. Chocolate time. Chocolate. Who had a birthday or a wedding anniversary this past week? Would, do you want to come and join me here? Oh, yes, some around here. Oh, oh. 12. Happy birthday. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, wedding anniversary. Yes. How many years? Oh, congratulations. 16 years. Yeah. <laughs> Birthdays? No. Oh, how many years? Yeah. 29 today. Congratulations. Awesome. Fantastic. And birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, come on. She needs one too. <laughs> Very cool. Okay, church, let's stand. We're going to declare blessing over these beautiful lives. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity, purpose and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Congratulations.
great to celebrate. Make sure I don't stand on anyone's hands. Well, the the uh, team that went off to India has, is um, Daniel here this morning? I think Dan- yes. I was going to say I think Daniel has landed back in the country. Great to have you back, Daniel. So Daniel's back. Katie and Ryan are on their way back. They're in Singapore first. And then Sheridan, one more sleep. One more sleep. He's back tomorrow. He's in Chennai at the moment. And he was, um, did you see on Facebook? If you're a friend on Facebook, you would have seen a picture that he went off to a prayer meeting. He told me that, um, that he was going off to this prayer meeting and there was no great big speaker or anything so they were only expecting 5,000. <laughs> only expecting 5,000 people. So I haven't talked to him since then, but I saw the picture go up of these masses of people at the prayer meeting. Wow. <laughs> so I know that he is going to be greatly impacted. I know that, Daniel, you are greatly impacted. You've seen some amazing things. Yeah, I think we're going to have to get you all up and share maybe next, next week. And it'll be great, great to hear. Saw you preaching there and leading some people into relationship with Jesus. It's fantastic. Awesome, awesome. Great to have you back. Great to have my man back tomorrow. Yes. A <laughs> couple of things to draw your attention to. This coming Tuesday, we've got our own prayer meeting. It, every week we meet, it'd be great if you can get there to even some Tuesdays. We have got coming up this Tuesday, as normal, same time, but not as normal, we are meeting at ATC. We're going to pray for the land. So that's going to be a first. We're going to be meeting around there, 7.30 to 8.30. It's going to be a great evening. So I hope you can all make it this Tuesday, 7.30, Ruakura Road at ATC. And then this coming Sunday, we've got uh, Activate DNA is, is happening. If you are new to Activate, we would love to get to know you more. We'd love you to get to know us more. It'd be great for you to know more about uh, our movement, our history, where we're going. So it'd be great if you could uh, RSVP for that so that we can uh, prepare for you to come. So that's going to be during the 10.30 a.m. gathering this coming Sunday. So please RSVP at the hub or else contact the office this coming Sunday. Following Tuesday, so this Tuesday we're ATC. Following Tuesday, we have got an info night. Church info nights, everybody that is part of Activate. It'd be great if you could come here 7.30 next Tuesday, uh, 14th. Uh, Yeah, I don't want to confuse you here. 14th, 14th. And that's going to be great for everybody. We'll keep you up to date with all the inside info, which should be great. Patrick Fitzgerald is coming to town. He is a pastor, preacher, evangelist, prophet. He actually fits into all of those categories. He is all the way from Dublin. He is coming around for St. Patrick's Day. How cool is that? Irish preacher, yeah. The youth have got him on St. Patrick's Day. He's going to be speaking to the youth Friday night. We've got him all day on the Sunday, the 19th of March. 19th of March, also Luke's birthday. 
<laughs> special day in our family. <laughs> so Patrick will be celebrating Luke's birthday and here with us. <laughs> 19th of March. So yeah, bring all your friends. Bring them all. He's got an incredible testimony, amazing testimony of how he met Jesus. His life was absolutely turned around and here he is pastoring an apostolic church in Dublin. So that's going to be great. Is Nigel and Jackie here this morning? Yes, Nigel and Jackie here. So, so we have got um, healing rooms that is coming up. Uh, have I got the date here? if it's up there, but is it this coming Saturday? This coming Saturday, which will be the 11th. This coming Saturday, so this is our second one. This is something new to activate, not new to Hamilton, but uh, it is happening here once a month on a Saturday morning from 10.30 to 12.30. On, uh, so this coming Saturday, if you need healing at all, if your workmates your friends, your neighbours, anybody needs healing, then this is the place to be this coming Saturday morning. You do not need to make an appointment. You just need to turn up and there'll be a team here all set to pray. Last month, there he- at least one healing took place. Uh, this coming Saturday, there will be healings taking place here isn't that great? Actually, at youth, at youth, there was healings taking place last week. Isn't that awesome? God is in the healing business. So this Saturday, if you know anybody at all, then please let them know. Bring them along, whatever. Uh, come here, and because they will be healed. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so there are cards. There's nice invitation cards that you can grab uh, by the table as you leave the main door. There are some cards there that you can pick up and you can hand them out to, you know, give the info to some of your friends, workmates, school friends. So that's good, eh? I want to pray. Yes, so thank you, God, for healing rooms. I thank you that you are a healing God. I thank you for, for what has taken place in the last week in people's lives. I thank you for your healing touch, and I thank you for what will take place this week. Even today, Lord, I thank you. Thank you for your healing your healing uh, touch on people's lives. And so I declare blessing upon, uh, in particular, that team this coming Saturday. I thank you for your protection. I thank you for your miraculous working power. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, I think it is time for the kids to go and have an amazing morning. So it's something to do with heroes, I think. Is that right? Ooh. <laughs> have an amazing morning. Bless you, teachers. You are incredible leaders. Bless you, kids. Have fun. We won't forget about you. We will come and sign you out after. Say hi to someone next to you. Yeah, especially if you haven't, haven't met them before. Say hi to someone. Okay, would Micah and Sarah like to bring Joshua up? And all family and friends are welcome to come up too. So if you would like to come and join them, then we're going to squeeze everyone up here.
Yeah, that's great, eh? Great to gather together as a family. Squeeze on up. We'll get cosy. <laughs> Anyone else want to come up? So Micah is going to, Dad, Daddy, <laughs> is going to share something. And then, I don't know if it's Granddad or Popper or Granddad, Granddad Clausen has got a scripture to read. And I've got some things that I would like to share and then we're going to pray. So I'll hand it over to you, Mike. Um, I'll just, there's probably two, two parts to what I wanted to say. Um, the first one is, um, it's just, I think the first part is thanks for being an awesome church family. You know, Sarah and I grew up here. I came when I was nine and, you know, we've, we've been, you've all been a part of our journey to what brings us to this moment. You know, I remember running around with Jeff Koo at the age of 11, doing things that, you probably look back on and go, how the heck did we not burn down the church? <laughs> and, uh, and steel as well, you know. Um, you know, and networking with people like the Millses, you know, and just gleaning knowledge, like learning to blossom where you are um, off them. Um, the Pickets as well, and, um, you know, growing up with Jess through um, youth group and Naomi. Sarah did a whole bunch of dances with her and stuff, you know, and just being a church family and growing up in this place, it's just been absolutely wicked. Um, and it kind of, this is what happens, I guess, you know, you, you find a girl in church and you fall in love and out pops this amazing gift, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so, magic. <it counts. laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I could describe it more, but I'd be in trouble. <laughs> but no, it's it's just been awesome. But Sarah and I are truly excited to have this moment to um, present Joshua back to God, following the footsteps of our um, forefathers in the Bible. You know, you look at Abraham; he presented um, 
uh, what's his name on the <laughs> Isaac on the uh, on the mountain as a as a faith statement and Moses pre- presenting all the Israelites um, firstborn and then you got Mary and Joseph that took Jesus to the temple you know and and I was just thinking about okay we don't have a physical temple but I, I love what Corinthians First uh, Corinthians uh, three sixteen you want to have a preach don't you um, says you know. God dwells amongst our midst, you know, and today we come together in this awesome atmosphere with um, friends and family and our support network, and um, and we present them to, before God, um, even though He gifted us with them, we present them back and go, God, let Your will be done. And for us, it's so important that we give them back to God, and we and we co-labor with Christ. Um, in raising this beautiful gift to a point where he can either where he can choose to pick up the legacy of faith that's been going for more than three generations on both Sarah and my side and so it's just a real cool opportunity to present you know to present him back to God hi and this day is for Joshua this day is a cornerstone in Joshua's life. And I've got Romans 8, verse 38 to 39. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation can ever separate us from the love of God that is revealed through Christ Jesus our Lord. Fantastic. Wow, that's some great declarations already, isn't it? Awesome. I want to read from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 7, 4 to 7. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. So I encourage you you, Micah and Sarah, to consistently talk about your love for your Father, your Heavenly Father. Consistently talk about that with Joshua. Let Joshua know how much your Heavenly Father is, loves you. And let him know, let, make sure that he knows how much you love him. Keep talking about that, Reggie. I love how the way that is worded again and again when you get up and when you go to sleep and when you're on the road and when you're eating and it's just all the time, isn't it? So important. I looked up the meaning of um, Joshua's name. Joshua is Yahweh or, or Lord is salvation. It is a, a declaration. Yahweh is salvation. And also uh, another couple of meanings I found is Jehovah, which is pretty much the same. Jehovah is generous. Jehovah saves. That is powerful, isn't it? And then Bob, his middle name, Bob is famed 
bright and shining. Wow. So this incredible declaration of Yahweh is salvation and then famed bright and shining. And what I feel for for Joshua, what I um, felt actually before I even looked up his name, uh, the meaning of his name, is that he would declare a good report. And so uh, because when I, you know, the name Joshua, you know, Joshua and Caleb were part of the two the spies that went into the land and, and here they suss out the land of Canaan and, and all these other spies come back and they go, no, we can't take this land because it's giants and all that. But then Caleb and Joshua, they were like, but our, we know our God. We know our God. Our God is able. We can take that land. We know our God. And so that's what I see for Joshua's life, that he would be known as a man or a boy of a good report, that he would declare a good report. And that is incredibly powerful. And I even hear it from his dad this morning, declaring a good report. It is incredibly powerful, powerful young boy. So, I want to pray for him. I'm going to try and hold Joshua. Okay, I think he'll be all right. I'll share it with Joshua. He might want to hold it with me. <laughs> Church, how about we stand all together, eh, as we pray for him. So, Father, we thank you for Joshua. We thank you for the gift of his incredible life. We thank you for the plans and purposes for his life. And Father, we, we hand him back to you today, as, as Micah has already said. It's, it is such an honour to be able to give this gift back to you. And we, we trust you and we thank you for the plans that you have for him. We thank you for the plans that will come into fruition. I, I thank you for your protection over him, Father. I thank you that uh, you would uh, be known to him all the days of his life that he would look to you as his beautiful, loving Father. I thank you for protection over his family, for wisdom for mum and dad. I thank you for this heritage, a godly heritage. Thank you for wonderful, loving uh, parents that Micah and Sarah have. I thank you that they are passionate for you, Father. (laughs) Father, I thank you for this precious family. I thank you for your hand upon the whole family. I thank you for uh, great support that you have placed around Micah and Sarah. Thank you for your hand upon their home, upon their, upon their uh, getting up and their going to bed. I thank you, Father, that they would know wisdom as they raise this young man. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, he just—he did pretty well, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Is there anyone else that would like to share a word? I know I did ask a couple of people. If anyone else has anything, yeah, thank you. Um, this is actually on the little thing I gave you, but so everyone else can hear. Um, funny because Jen said the meaning of Joshua's name, which is also on the thing as well as the Hebrew writing of it. Um, but like Joshua was the leader, 
he was the person that took over Moses and actually led the Israelites into the promised land. Moses took them most of the way, but Joshua finished the job. And with this Joshua, I see him leading God's people to God's promise. He is destined to be a leader, a leader of generosity, a leader of great heart, but leading God's people back to him. I just um, got a speaker of truth, um, which goes in line with what Jan was saying, but I just really see him as someone who will bring truth um, into places. And um, you need to keep declaring that over his life, because um, that might be something that comes under attack, but you just keep declaring that he is a speaker of truth. Yeah, I just got a, it's going to sound weird, but he's going to be a thorn. The devil was a thorn in the side of Paul, but he's going to be a thorn to the plans of the enemy. Like um, it's just been said, he's going to be a leader. The anointing on his life is going to be so powerful that wherever, wherever he walks, he's going to confound and confuse the plans of the enemy. That he's going to be a thorn in the plans of the enemy. Thank you, Lord. God's hand is upon him. Amen. And upon you both. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How about you give the family a hand? Yeah. A little something for you. Wonderful. Well, Moira is going to come and she's going to share a little bit about our prayer gatherings and also lead us around communion. So that's great, isn't it? So how about you give Moira a hand as she comes? Thank you, Moira. Well, that was beautiful. It's just so lovely to see new babies join our kingdom. Um, Yes, th this week Jan asked me if I'd like to share why I love to come to Tuesday night prayer. And I thought, Jan, that's a bridge too far for me to cross. She laughed and I thought, well, that's great. That's going to let me off the hook. She's not going to want me to say that up here. But then she said, great. And would you share that leading into communion? So you're a brave woman. Um, I just want to sort of have a chat quickly with you and say I come to prayer meeting um, because I know it's good for me. I know people who genuinely love to come to, to join group prayer meetings. I'm just not one of them. Our, um, our church family has embraced a God directive um, to make this place a, ha a house of prayer. And I'm a disciple, so I need to discipline myself to come. Um, I've thought of Philippians 3. Um, it says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. 
I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ is calling us. As 7.30 approaches on Tuesday, my flesh kicks in. I have that yeah, nah battle. It's like, oh, I only got home from work two hours ago. I made tea, I ate tea. I've just sat down and really group prayer just doesn't do it for me. I thought, do I really need the stress? I find it quite stressful to pray in a group. Some people pray really impressive prayers, but basically I go into survival mode, hoping that whatever comes out actually makes sense. But in saying all of that, I still choose to come. I force my reluctance, my fears and my can't-be-botheredness to take a back seat. And remember who I serve. Don't get me wrong, I haven't made it to everyone. I'm just refusing to to let the normal excuses win. Galatians 2, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And verse 21 even says, I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law made us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. I want you to know though this morning that my words today come with no condemnation. Prayer night is not a law. It's, it's an invitation. And if you genuinely don't want to come, there's absolutely no condemnation. I'm just sharing with you as one person who really did not want to come that it's made a difference in me and it's getting easier. Because that's the other thing about Tuesday night prayer. It starts with a short time of praise and worship. Now I can say I love that because I do. It helps me tune in with God. And recently... They even started giving us just a few minutes for what I call a part together time. You take yourself apart, just spend a few minutes to focus in on God. You're all still in the same room, but you're just getting that one-on-one to fix your eyes on Him before you get the topics of prayer that we're going to pray about. But then God did even one better last week. And Ray said, okay, here's the topics of prayer. If you don't like praying with a group, go over this side. If you like to pray in a group, go over the other side. Interestingly, just a little fact here, it was about 50-50. And I thought, I'm not so strange after all. It was a real relief. So God knows we're different. Why should I be surprised he knows we're different? And I thank God and I thank the leadership for changing it up, you know, for letting us find that place that makes it a bit easier. Um, I actually believe many of us in church struggle with prayer. I don't think I'm alone. And if prayer night's something that challenges you, give it a try. Ask God to help you. Lay aside your burdens, your fears, your busyness, and spend an hour and prayer with your church family. Now here's my bridge to communion. Prayer time, for me, is similar to communion in that it's an opportunity for me to reset. I think of it like a TV or a computer. The reset button is all about recovery and reception. 
recovery from all the mixed messages and things getting scrambled, and reception to get a clear signal again. So when things get a bit complicated for me, I remember that it's all about Jesus. It's simple. It's just all about Him. So as we share communion this morning, let's pray. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you because of what you did, you've made a way back to God. You not only made the way, you are the way. Jesus, I thank you that you want it to be simple. You don't want our relationship with you to be complicated or stressful. And you work with us to make that happen as we seek you first. In Jesus' name, amen. just had our apart time individually taking communion even though we're together and now we're going to sing together time just thinking um, on this delightful journey of pregnancy (laughs) Um, I love it popped out thank you I received that (laughs) it's amazing how People's perspective can be so different. Sometimes I can be walking towards someone and then I turn to the side and they go, oh my gosh, what, what the heck? And they see this big bump. And sometimes I think we can treat God like that. We can just walk and go, oh, yeah, we're going to worship God. That's cool. Here we go. Yep, we're going to sing our songs. I know there's two, so we're going to sing two songs. We always sing two songs, two songs. We'll sing two songs. Then the word will come and then we'll go home and have lunch. But maybe, just maybe, God wants us to go, you know, and look at him slightly differently this morning. Yeah, does that make sense? Because so often it can be just the same, same. Maybe God wants to surprise us this morning. So how about we stand to our feet and just prepare ourselves and go, God, whatever's on your heart this morning, we want to come in line with that. And this beautiful song we're about to sing is declaring about who God is and what we believe If you don't know Jesus this morning and you're wondering what Christianity is all about, this is what it's all about. Yeah. It's like salvation in a nutshell and a beautiful song. And you can join with us or you can let the words wash over you. But let's come into His presence this morning and just love upon Him.
people that have been feeling with life that it's almost like you're having an asthma attack that you can't quite get enough oxygen into your lungs for some of you that may be physical for others it may be a spiritual thing life is overwhelming you but God's saying let me give you breath let me open your lungs so you can breathe freely get a deep deep breath of me freedom Father, thank you for the freedom in your presence. Thank you that there's joy forevermore, Lord, in your presence. Thank you for the life that it brings. Lord, the new hope, the new day. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. That through it, Lord, the, the price has been paid. And Father, we're free. Free to be who you've made us to be. Free to worship you. Free to be who you've made us to be. Hallelujah. Thank you for freedom, Lord. Thank you for freedom. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Why don't you begin to lift your voice and give thanks to God for the freedom that He's given us, each one of us. Thank you, Lord, for your freedom. We praise you for it. We acknowledge you, Lord, as the source of it all. There's freedom in the name of Jesus. There's freedom in the name of Jesus. 
praise you, Lord, for your freedom. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I declare upon us, Lord, as your people, that we would know the truth and the truth would truly set us free. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the truth. Thank you that you are the final reality. Lord, it's not what people might say it is. It's not what academia might say it is, but you are the reality. You are the truth. And I pray, O oh God, that you would reveal it to us in greater measure, that we would find and experience your freedom in greater ways in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Well, God bless you. Isn't it great to be in church? It sure is. Why don't you give your neighbor a hand? I mean, a high five. That's what I mean. I mean, you can clap them if you Thank you, guys. Don't they do well? Yeah, they, they really do. Wayne's just putting out some seats. I wonder what that's all about. Do you like the small ones? No. That bean beds. Gee, not many beans in that one. Wayne? Wow. Before we start, I want to say, Michael... Sarah, where are you? Congratulations to you guys. I, I, I must say, personally, I'm really proud of you. And I think you're wonderful parents. And I can see the weight, the grace of fatherhood and motherhood sitting on you so easily and so comfortably. So congratulations to you and to your family, to John and Sue and uh, Don and Judith and the wider family and friends. It's fantastic. Absolutely is. So congratulations. And uh, Daniel, good to be home, eh? Very good indeed. Look forward to hearing all about it. I'm sure Jilly and the family are absolutely delighted to have, yeah, Dad back home. Must be very, very cool. So that's good. Who's pleased we finished the Daniel fast? Yeah, that's good. Congratulations for those that went through it. I know a number of you did it, and it was done in all different ways. I know some fasted technology, others fasted food in different ways, others went without food altogether. But church, can we put our hands together to congratulate all of those that participated? It's really cool, really good. Well, I'm pleased you've got your seats because the title of this morning's message is Take a Seat. And uh, that means when you leave here, could you please leave your seat? <laughs> so uh, I don't want you to take it. But Take a Seat is the title of what we're going to be looking at this morning. And uh, when I was a young kid, as I was reflecting on this, I remember uh, in our kitchen, my dad had a special seat around the kitchen table. It was a white seat. And uh, there he would sit every day, every evening. I remember him sitting there. He's passed away a number of years ago now. But there he would. And of course, in the lounge, there was another seat uh, that was his seat where he would sit and read the newspaper, read books, maybe watch a bit of TV. Uh, but that was his seat. And my sister and I knew that you don't go and sit in dad's seat uh, because that's his seat. And uh, he would probably tell us to get out of it, but we just never sat in it. Uh, my sons don't share that same view. They just sit in my seat anyway. And uh, they take the, the remote. In fact, we've got two remotes at home. And 
Uh, I was having a bit of an argument with my son last night, actually, about these remotes, and he made it very clear to me, didn't he, Wendy, of how I was to use them. So I thought, put them in my place, and I lost my seat. And uh, he said, I'm going out. So I thought, great, I've got my remotes, and I've got my seat back. So uh, there we go. So what is a seat? Good question to ask. What is a seat? Well, a seat is a piece of furniture, of course, designed for you to sit on. And there's all sorts of different seats. There's seats for us to sit on in cafes. There's seats to sit on at airports and, of course, at the dentist. And, uh, but not only is it a piece of furniture, um, we can refer to it as a place of influence. Our local MP has a seat in Parliament where he's representing the um, constituency here. So he has a place of influence. He sits in Parliament. And there's also a further meaning. It's a place that is and acts as an important place of influence. For example, the beehive is the seat of government in New Zealand. And where you sit and how you sit and where you position yourself determines how you see the world. And I think it's important how we sit and where we sit, and I think God shares that as, as well. So as you can see, I've got a number of chairs here, and uh, I, I would like some volunteers to sit on these chairs. Do I have any volunteers? Thanks, Andy. Come on up. Come on up. Do you want any other seats? Just grab a seat. Thank you, Grant. Any other seats? The response is getting better. Thank you, Jason. Any others? Where's Elder Tim? Would Elder Tim like to join me this morning? Oh, here he is. Let's give Tim a hand this morning. Tim is taking a seat. Wendy, would you like to come and have a seat? Wendy? Would you like a cup of tea and some chocolate? Okay. All right. I need one more seat filled in here. Come on, Jeff. Very good. Let's give these guys a hand. It's good that they're sitting there. So there they are in their various seats, which is very good. One of these seats is the naughty seat, by the way. So are you in that, Jordan? Oh, I don't know either. So I'm very pleased these guys are sitting here because, you know, when you drive or when you fly an aeroplane, I'm very pleased that passengers sit in the passengers' seats and the pilot sits in the pilot seat, because if we got that wrong, things wouldn't be too good. So does anybody know how to fly a plane here? You do. You can actually fly a plane. A little bit. Wow. Wow. That's pretty good. I didn't know that. That's good. Wendy, can you fly a plane? I can fly a Lego plane. <laughs> okay, Lego planes. <laughs> but here we are, we've got these seats, and um, we've all got different seats. In fact, we sit in a lot more seats than what you're probably conscious of. In all sorts of areas of life, some of us may sit in a seat on a university board. Some of us may sit on an education board. Some of us may sit in front of a classroom. But we all hold different seats, and these seats have different places of influence. And do you know God wants to work through where you're seated? He really, really does. And as a church, we sit with a posture 
with a sense of attitude around it as well. So, look, you guys have done a fine job. You're sitting very nicely there. Aren't they good? Look at, look at Tim. Tim's an outstanding sitter. Yeah, he, he's very good. He's definitely not on the naughty seat. How's, how's, Andy's a pretty good sitter. Oh, my word, Andy's a good sitter as well. She grants a bit, sort of. Jeff is very good. Yeah. Look, look at great. Jason, he could be a bit, bit tighter there. But <laughs> that's good. Hey, let's put our hands together for these guys. You've done well. Thank you very much. So we sit in different seats, and uh, <clears throat> I want to just paint this illustration for you today, is that the seats over this side, and it's not representative of the guys that all have been here, but these seats over here can be a little bit negative. There can be a bit of angst around these seats. There can be a little bit of, gee, I'm entitled. I'm a little bit angsty. But these seats over here, these are, these are good seats. This is a seat of praise. I, I've come, almost fell off that one, didn't I? <laughs> Gee, that would be a pretty bad look, break my leg. I've just seen Aaron here as I'm sitting. How are you, Aaron? Last week in New Zealand before you go back to Chicago? Yep, I learned that from Claire. You don't call it Chicago, you call it Chicago. So, so there we go, but it's great having you with us. So, so these different seats that we sit in, So, and sitting with intentionality. And, and of course, there's another seat over here. It could be the seat of kindness, being kind to one another. And I was at a wedding yesterday, I actually officiated it, and I talked about kindness. Do you want to hear about some of the things that I said about it? Yeah. Great. Can I have some more enthusiastic response, please? Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's good. Okay, here we go. Kindness, it, I better stand over here on this seat. I better sit down when I read this, actually, get myself on the kindness groove. Kindness is the sunshine in which people grow to be the people they're meant to be. Isn't that good? Kindness is not weakness. It requires a toughness. It requires a real man, a real woman to step up and stand up amongst others for others. Kindness is seeing the best even when others are struggling to do their best. Kindness gives a coffee in the morning. Thank you, Wendy. And a kind word in the evening. Being kind means having the courage to treat others the way you would like to be treated. All these different seats. There's a seat of gratitude. There's a seat of forgiveness. There's a seat of comfort. There's a seat of courage. There's a seat of being purposed, being big-hearted, being kingdom-focused, being belonging. And over here, there can be seats of loneliness, overworked, negative, angsty. And do you know some days I sit over here? Maybe you do too. Don't always want to be here, but sometimes I find myself here. I think it's great to be there, but we live in a real world and things happen and we find ourselves here sometimes. Maybe you do too. I'm just going to shift that bag because <laughs> I keep hitting it. Did you like that one? <laughs> Would you like me to do it again, Wayne? Okay, this is for Wayne. Okay, this is his, he sat in this bag in the first gathering, didn't you, Wayne? So, <laughs> it's, not, it's not very good to kick, but there we go. But do you know, the thing is, people don't end up in one of these seats, uh, seats just overnight. 
It just doesn't happen. There's a process to being seated, whether it's on this side or whether it's over on this side. There's a process, there's a journey which people find themselves in these places. If you have your Bibles, whether you have your Bibles as a physical one or on your device, let's go to um, Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. Psalm 1, 1 to 3. And here it goes. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners. And here it goes. Or takes a seat or sits in the company of mockers. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields fruit, its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do, prosper. <clears throat> it may not be very clear to you, but there's two identical processes, but the fruitfulness of these processes is totally different. The first process goes, I walk in the ways of the wicked, I stand with sinners, and then I sit with mockers. There's a process going down. By the contrast, I delight, I desire, I'm walking in the desire of the Lord. I meditate, I muse, I stand, I ponder on God. And rather than being seated as, it, or seated, as it says there, I am planted. The same three steps, but with a positive outcome. On this side of the process, the fruitfulness that comes, God says, that person will prosper. Isn't that cool? And who believes God wants them to prosper this morning? You are not very convincing. Who believes God wants you to prosper? Of course he does. Does that mean he wants you to be a millionaire? Well, you may be or you may not be. But <clears throat> that doesn't really matter. Here's what it says in 3 John 1, 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers, prospering in your inner world, prospering in the renewal of your mind, prospering in your relationships, prospering in family, prospering in work, prospering with God, prospering in giving, prospering that I'm seated in kindness, prospering that I'm big-hearted, prospering that I'm courageous. That's how God wants you and me to prosper. Isn't that good? And do you know what? Right now, I believe God wants to release that upon us, that we would be a people that go, yes and amen, Lord, I receive. Lord, I believe. Lord, I set myself free to prosper in you. You know, sometimes we can hold ourselves like this and God wants to work it and go, I'm not sure, God. We need to open ourselves up and go, Lord, may your prosperity, the prosperity of life and relationships flow through me that you would be glorified and exalted through that. Isn't that cool? Very, very cool. So you know what? Every one of these seats has a sound. This is the grouchy seat. When somebody asks somebody on this seat, can I have a cup of tea? Go and make it yourself. I've made enough cup of teas in my lifetime to sink a ship so you can make your own one today. 
Do you know, looking at some of you, that's how you talk, don't you? <laughs> I see those looks. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> I'll jump in the kindness seat. You want a cup of tea? Let me make you a cup of tea. Would you like some chocolates with it? Would you like a scone? I'll go and bake some right now for you. <laughs> Just getting better and better. Would you like some cream and, um, and uh, jam with that? Shall we do high tea? Well, it's just getting better all the time. I'm talking to myself into a bit of an appetite here. <laughs> so there we go. But, you know, we sit with these different seats. And as a church, we sit on different seats. And God wants us, and it's so encouraging to him, more to thank you for your encouragement about prayer. God has called us to sit on the seat of prayer, hasn't he? And I think we're doing a better job of sitting there, which is good. God wants us to sit on the seat of praise and worship to him. It's a good seat to be. And all these seats have a sound. And do you know when you sit in these places and when you sit in a zone, you become a citizen of what you're sitting in. Do you like that? Yeah. yeah give it up to God. That's his, it's his thought, not mine. Hey, do you like this other one? I got this other good thought the other day. <clears throat> you have to help me, Mola, because I forgot it. He's not here. Jay, maybe you can help me. God isn't in the business of people, so let's be great with people. Oh, that didn't get much of a response. <laughs> Flip. I'll say it again. Maybe you're so stunned with it, but <laughs> God is in the business of people, so let's be great with people. Yeah, praise God. That's... that's I thank the Holy Spirit for that revelation. So, so where you sit, where you sit in, you become a citizen of. And this is what Paul said to the church in Philippi. And as you know, I, have, I, I love the church at Philippi. It was the first church that was planted in Europe. It's a very special place on the heart of Paul. Philippians 3, 20, 21, this is what Paul said. But we are citizens. We sit in. We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus lives. Isn't that good to know that Jesus lives when we sit in as a citizen of heaven? Jesus lives with us, in us, amongst us, around us. Isn't that so cool? Paul goes on to write, we are eagerly waiting for him to return as Savior. We will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into his glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. In Ephesians 2, 6, it says, we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Here's the thing about where you sit, where you become a citizen, that becomes your identity. Paul is saying we are citizens of heaven. That is our identity. That's who we are. You want to know what we look like? We look like people who sit in this zone. Occasionally, I've got to say, sometimes I sit over here. Does anybody want to put their hand up and go, yeah, they're there some days? Yeah, we know what that's like. And Paul uses this language of citizen or one who sits in because he really understands that the Christians in Philippi were aware of what they were trying, the Romans were trying to do is create a bit of, a bit of Rome in Philippi. The customs, the speech, the language, the education system, the legal systems was exactly a copy or a fragment of Rome. And so that's why they were called citizens. But I don't know about you, but this is what I found. When I'm thinking I'm doing really good sitting here, 
building, being kind and being big-hearted and being courageous, all those wonderful things. Sitting here, and even when you're sitting over there, one thing it doesn't immune you from is trials and tribulations. We are not immune from trials and tribulations because we're sitting over here. In fact, you can be sitting over here, and the phone goes, and you go, oh my goodness, I am just feeling totally overwhelmed. I've just got some news that has just exploded my world. It might be about work, it might be about your relationship, it might be about a loved one, it might be about a business proposition, whatever it might be, and all of a sudden you are just confounded with this feeling of being overwhelmed. And that can happen whether you're sitting here or whether we're sitting over here. And God wants to really encourage us this morning that when we have those feelings of being overwhelmed, whether it's financial pressure, loss of a job, marriage difficulties, can be really, really pressing. God wants to help us through it. God wants to encourage us and say, hey, hang on, this is a good seat. Even though it's got some tough yards, it's a good seat. It's a good zone. Sit in as a citizen of heaven, even though you feel the pressure of what's happening. There's a story of a king in, um, in Second Chronicles chapter 20, if you have your Bibles with you. Uh, let's turn there, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1. And it's the story, and I'll read verse 1 to you. It's the story of um, <clears throat> King Jehoshaphat. And there are three people groups, three armies that come against him. And so in verse 1, after this, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and with some of the Meonites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already at Hazion Tamar, that is in Gedi. You can just imagine that. Jehoshaphat, really, he's a, he's a good guy. He's a good king. And he's doing his stuff, leading his people well. And the phone goes, or his messenger comes in and goes, I don't know what's happening, Joseph or Jehoshaphat, I call him Joe, maybe he had some other nicknames, I don't know, and uh, his messenger comes in and goes, there's an army coming against us, there's an army coming against you, and it's just out of the blue, this bad news comes, and he's just struck, and, it, and as we'll read further along, he goes, I'm alarmed, it's just not one army, it's three armies, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the, the Meunites. And we'll read later on, uh, if we get there, that Jehoshaphat wanted to take these people groups out. But the Lord said, no, you're to leave them in the land and not touch them. And here he is. They're now coming against him. And the area which they're marching through is in the Dead Sea. And Wendy and I had the privilege of going there last year. And uh, you may not be aware, but the Dead Sea is 400 meters below sea level. And what's happened, there is a, a massive fault line from Turkey all the way through to the Horn of Africa that goes down the Jordan River through the Transjordan Valley where the Dead Sea is. And what happens is, I'll try and do this, explain it, is that the earth is split and then it's just sunken down. And that's how it's become 400 meters below sea level uh, at the Dead Sea. And so here's this vast army coming about 10 days away from Jerusalem to attack Jehoshaphat. And so what does Jehoshaphat do when he's overwhelmed? 
Let's go to verse 3. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. And the people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new, cow, uh, the, the, the new courtyard. So here's Jehoshaphat. He's overwhelmed. He's struck with trouble like you and I become. What does he do? The first thing he does, he doesn't go to the seat of complaining. He doesn't go to the seat of bitterness and why me. He goes to the seat because he sits in as a citizen of heaven. He goes, I don't get this, God, but I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you because I've got no one else I can go to. My army's not big enough. They've got three times the forces coming against me, but I'm coming to you. And church, when you're overwhelmed, when things are difficult, when things are challenging, can I encourage you? Lord, I'm coming to you. I'm inquiring of you. I need your help. And he goes on and he talks about, we haven't got time to go through it, but he, he describes God, how majestic he is and how great he is. And I have found by my own experience, maybe you, you have too, that when you're confronted with a situation that's overwhelming you, where one difficulty seems to come and then there's another one, you're going, oh my God, when is this going to stop? And then as you begin to pray and go, God, you're great. God, you're creator. God, you're mighty. Creating God, if you like, in your mind becomes bigger and bigger and the problem becomes smaller and smaller. And God becomes bigger and bigger, and the problem becomes smaller and smaller. That place, things become in the right perspective. And isn't that good? We need God in the right perspective. In verse 7, Jehoshaphat says, Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And what Jehoshaphat is doing, he's coming to the Lord, he's reminding himself how big God is, and then he's reminding God of what he's promised, of what God has said. God, you've called us to be a people of freedom. God, you're an awesome God. And it's good to remember what God has done in the past when we're overwhelmed with pressure and... um, yeah, but troubles. I remember a situation, I remind myself of this quite often, and there's many situations I could share, but this one in particular, some of you may have heard it, some of you may not have, but I'll share it all the same. Um, a number of years ago, my son took my other son's bike, um, and when he found it out about that, he wasn't particularly happy. But anyway, he took his bike to go off to boxing training. And on the way to his training, he was assaulted by a guy who took his bike And Tom, I guess pretty discouraged, walked home and said to Wendy, and guess what? I was away traveling for a couple of days. And so I get the call from Wendy and I go, what? He's had his bike stolen and I'm away? And so we prayed about it. Wendy contacted the police. And the next day, that early evening, Wendy and my other son went for a walk around the lake. And normally, my other son would say, I'm not walking, Mum, and I'm certainly not going to walk around the lake with you. But he did. 
And as they got around halfway about the, the lake, here is this woman bringing a bike and laying it down by a park bench. And Wendy says to Michael, and it's right at this very moment, I think that's your bike. And so Wendy approaches this woman and she says, what's the story with this bike? She says, well, my son found it. We think it's a stolen bike. And my son wanted to keep it. And I said, you are not keeping it. We're going to put it by this park bench. And if somebody comes along and claims it, well, that's good. That happened at that very moment. Isn't God amazing? You have God's stories. I have God's stories. God who is faithful in the past will be faithful now and faithful in the future. And isn't that great to encourage ourselves off? There is nothing too difficult for our God. God is in control. Then in verse 15, this is the word of the Lord. And he said, a prophet came, listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in the land of, or live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Isn't that encouraging? So often when we're overwhelmed and perplexed, we think it's our battle, we think it's our job to solve it, but God is saying, no, it's not yours, it's mine. Let me intervene, seek me, follow me, and I will lead you through it to the other side. And the outcome of this wonderful story is that God's deliverance prevailed, and Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah and Jerusalem were set free. And it all started when a king, who sits in a king's seat called a throne, said, I'm not moving over to that side and trying to work out things by myself. I'm not, although I'm overwhelmed, I'm not going to stay here and complain and get angsty. Although I'm overwhelmed, I'm not going to try and get my own army together and fight this in my own strength. No, the king, he sits in this seat as a citizen of heaven and goes, God, I am overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. I need you to help me. And he magnifies God from a seat of worship. And he lifts him up, and his problems become a lot smaller. And as he continues to lift God up, his problems begin to become smaller and smaller. And God speaks to him and promises the deliverance. And here was the key thing. This is not your battle, Jehoshaphat. This is mine. And no one is greater than me. Isn't that awesome? Absolutely awesome. I'm going to conclude with a story. <clears throat> Uh, on Friday night, uh, Stanley and I, many of you would know Stanley, he's a musician, plays keys, and uh, he was telling me he wants to be a jazz pianist, which is pretty good. And uh, I said, J uh, Stanley, I could really help you. You need a rapper, and you know, I'd take you to a whole new level with my rapping skills, uh, which he wasn't very impressed, and, and I can tell by your laughter, nor are you, but that's okay. So we went up to, to Auckland to hear Ravi Zacharias. And so we left at 3.30 in the afternoon. My thought was, I know the traffic's pretty busy in Auckland, so we'll travel up and we'll have enough time by the time we get to Harborside Church in Takapuna to go down to a cafe, have a drink and maybe a bite to eat and come back for the meeting at 7.30. So the traffic was heavier than I expected and we got to Harborside Church at quarter to seven, so 45 minutes before the meeting started. The car park was closed. It was totally full. 
there were people queued all down the foyer, down to the footpath. And I said, oh my goodness, Stanley, we ain't got any time to get into coffee and a bit, a bit of food to eat. So we parked our car up the road and walked down. And we were the last 10 people to get into the auditorium to hear uh, Ravi Zachariah that evening. And he shared this wonderful story. And <clears throat> it's really a story about where people sit. And he said, there's a story of Stalin, the, the leader of communist um, Russia, as we would know it, you know, some time ago now. And uh, this man had lived a life of persecuting his people. He had um, overseen the, the, the killing of over 15 million people. And um, he was sharing the story about his daughter who was at his deathbed and saw him just moments before he passed from this world into the next. And um, as he passed away, he sat up on his bed and clenched his fist and waved it to heaven like this and took his last breath and died. That was the seat that he left this world in. Ravi went on to say that his father-in-law, a man who was 85, was a wonderful Christian man, lived for Jesus all the days of his life, served God to the best of his capacity and ability, had been ill for, for many weeks, was in hospital, and they were, uh, his wife and he and their family was visiting him regularly. And Ravi was traveling, and his wife said, look, uh, my father, your father-in-law is very ill. You better get home quickly because you might miss him. And so he got to the hospital, and his wife said, you've missed seeing my dad. He passed away three hours ago. But something amazing happened. He hasn't been able to speak for three weeks. But just the moment before he died, he opened his eyes and said two words. As he looked to heaven, he said, amazing, amazing. I think he got a glimpse into glory. And then he turned to his wife, who was on his left, and said, I love you. Closed his eyes and took his last breath and left this world. He sat in the seat as a citizen of heaven. And I want to encourage you today, wherever you're at, I know we struggle on both seats. I know we get overwhelmed. But let's be purposed. Let's be people in a church that go, we're going to sit in the zone as citizens of heaven to see heaven released on earth. Isn't that a good place to be? Can I ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads? And If you're here today and maybe you feel that you're not sitting as a citizen of heaven and that you're sitting on the other side and know that, gee, today you've got to cross the, the room, so to speak, and sit in a new seat. Jesus is inviting you to sit with him. It says, as I read before, we are the citizens of heaven where Jesus Christ lives. If you're not sitting there and you're going, today, Ray, I, I want to. I want to make a change in my life. I'm sick of going my own way. I'm sick of doing my own things. I want to live for a greater purpose. I want to live for Jesus. Maybe you've, you've been there and not there at the moment, or maybe you've never been there. If that's you, why every eye is closed and head is, head is bowed, can you give me a wave just so I can see your hand? Great. That's wonderful. Wait a few moments. Very cool. Take a few more moments. 
those that have responded, I'd love to catch up with you after this gathering and meet with you, pray with you. And that would be so cool. So, Father, I thank you for our time this morning. And, Father, I pray that we'll be a church that is absolutely confident in you and absolutely confident that you live in us and amongst us and that we are the citizens of heaven. Father, when we become overwhelmed and challenged and perplexed on the left and on the right, Father, may we first turn to you, Lord, magnifying you, recalling your work in and through our lives and seeing your hand of deliverance come through. Thank you that you're with us and thank you that you've promised that you'll never leave us nor forsake us in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Thank you, church. praise seat. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor Ray. It's good, isn't it? Keep us thinking this week, which seat am I seated in? Which seat am I going to take? Choose to take. It's very good. Great. For those of you who are parents, the take-home question today that your kids are going to come out with is, what is a hero? So have fun chatting about that. It'd be interesting to get to know their thoughts on what a hero is, won't it? And what your thoughts are. Thank you, church, for your giving. Thank you for being purposed in giving. I declare blessing upon the church, upon the givers in Jesus' name. May it be multiplied. Thank you, God, for what you are doing through our giving, through finances. Thank you, God, that supernatural things take place through finances. So thank you, Lord. Bless your church. Protect your church. Bless our city, the nation and the nations. In Jesus' name, amen. So the giving stations are on your left as you um, exit the building. I saw Jeanette Height. Hello, Jeanette. Lovely to have you here. Jeanette and her husband, Warren, a pastor in the uh, City Church in Christchurch. So, and did I see that it was your mum's birthday? Yes. And Jeanette is also famous for being Peter Height's mum. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely to see you. Uh, what other things do I need to remind you? What's coming up on Tuesday? Yes. Where are we meeting? It's going to be good. 7.30. Have a great day today. Tonight, 6 o'clock here, we have got triple seven, something brand new that we are going to give a go uh, every now and then this year. Triple seven is uh, three people will be speaking seven minutes each. Tonight, we have Nicole Coffin, yeah, Ashley Muller, and Owen Mataiti. So, triple seven, but yeah, come here tonight. It's going to be a good night here. Yes, and Girls' Day Out is coming up. My word, it's less than a month away, 1st of April. So get your uh, regos in, girls. We are going to be in for an amazing day on the 1st of April. Don't forget healing, healing rooms also. RSVP also for DNA. Great. Have an amazing day. God bless you, church. Invite someone home for lunch, chicken buns and coleslaw. Works well. We're going to sing.
I can I could just have that feeling that people are like, yeah, come on, I want to get on the praise seat or the praise stand. <laughs> so let's let's get on the praise stand. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> a praise seat? Oh, you could stand on your seat. Oh. Osh is like, no. <laughs> I don't even know if I could get on a seat if I tried. Alrighty. We'll go with number two there, lovely Linda. Fantastic. Choose your seat well this week, church. The praise awaken. The praise awaken. Inside of every heart. For he is awesome. Fantastic week, church. Six o'clock tonight. Be there.